0: This is Womb, the podcast that celebrates the power of rebirth. I'm your host, Nova Cobbin, and on this show, we'll hear from amazing women who dared to rediscover who they are. Women who reignited long-lost passions, took bold leaps of faith, and reimagined their futures in ways they never thought possible. Each week, we'll be inspired by the stories of strength, courage, and resilience. Stories that remind us it's never too late to start anew. There are always second chances, new beginnings, and opportunities for rebirth. So join us as we explore the journeys of phenomenal women who reinvented themselves and created the lives they've always dreamed of. Welcome to Womb Rebirth. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to our new episode. Today, I
1: am talking to Kate Curtis. Hi, Kate. Hi. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi yes my name is Kate Curtis i am a coach and mentor for women who are going through a transitional period in their life and also who are in those sandwich years the sandwich generation between the children growing children and aging parents that tricky little time in between i coach and mentor them around life and business um more emphasis on the business side of things but taking into account how the life because they're intrinsically linked it's looking at everything as a whole so I'm coaching that person not not their problem tell us a little bit I mean you can start wherever you like but I want
0: to find out how you kind of got to this stage of your life I know that your story has some really powerful elements in it I know that um, we've got the situation with your parents and things like that so we will get to those parts but where would you like us to start? Do we Are we starting in childhood? Are we starting later? Where does this rebirth for
1: you really start? Um, I was thinking about that earlier. And I think really, I after having the children, and I think that's probably pretty common, um, yeah. I thought when I had my children that I was going to be the kind of mum that wanted to stay at home and bake jam tarts and just, um, you know, be all, all the mummy things. And I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. I struggled a lot with postnatal depression. And it wasn't until my second was 18 months. I had a three-year-old and then an 18-month-old that I had some CBT and it was incredible, best thing I ever did. Um, and I really had to look look within myself, but actually what I needed and what I didn't want to do was throw myself back into a situation in terms of work that I'd been in before. Because it wasn't going to, that wasn't going to work for me now. Things had changed, things had shifted and moved on. So I set up a business and I drew on all of my experiences and my skill set from previous jobs, which were heavily finance-based, lots, some retail thrown in, a little bit of sales thrown in. And I started my own bookkeeping practice. So I retrained around the children and then I could just work around the children. But I had that balance of actually being able to remove myself from the house and put on some smart clothes and do my hair and my makeup and actually go and present myself as me yeah. and not just their mum not mm-hmm. just mum but do you know what I mean mm-hmm. that to me was the that was the first step in a longer line you know the, the timeline that kind of happened after that but that was the first step I mean that's a massive point of transition for people isn't it when
0: they go in when they become a mother or they become a parent sure. because everything everything changes and it's not anticipated I don't think or explainable mm. what happens internally at that time to our sense of self and I think it's quite common then also that people rediscover themselves after that point and it's sort of I think that this is how it's going to be and I think this is the kind of person that I'm going to be as a mother And then you get there and you discover something new about yourself or you discover something old about yourself that actually that maybe you let go. And that is something that you want to bring back into your life, like wanting to still carry on working. And in contrast to how you expected it to look, which was that I'll be really happy, kind of fully embracing that identity as a mother. Yeah. So. Te- uh, and you ex- you experienced postnatal depression. You told us that that was something that happened for you. So can you kind of talk us through a little bit about what postnatal... I mean, I had it too, and it, it, you know it was a very difficult time. But what did that look like for you? How did you know that was going on? What did it feel like? And then talk us through how that kind of CBT helped you to come
1: out the other side. So... Um, interestingly I wasn't massively aware of it mm-hmm. um, I just thought I was useless okay. and I've I have I have quite poignant I I think I've managed to block a lot of it out but I have poignant memories one of them being that the um, is it the health visitor you know the person that comes over and weighs the baby and everything yeah. and I remember them coming over and I could not get myself out of bed and, and I said to her, you know, I can't get out of bed before midday. I, I just can't do it. I can't drag myself up. And she was like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about that. That, that happens. You're a new mum. Blah, blah, blah. You're just tired. I was like, okay. But then it started to get a bit darker. And I started to think, well, why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and friends of mine were, they were up. They had their babies all clean and tidy and organized and their little bags packed. And they were at Tiny Tunes and doing their thing. And I couldn't. I couldn't function. And then there was a moment when my, I remember my husband left the house um, for work and I I vividly remember, it sounds very dramatic, but I vividly remember me, my back sliding down the back of the kitchen cabinets Mm -hmm. and just in a heap on the floor sobbing, like proper ugly crying sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why can't I do this? What, something's not right something's not right here so I went to the doctors and actually I didn't expect them to give me that diagnosis and when they did I remember feeling really ashamed mm-hmm. and I remember thinking well I remember feeling quite self-obsessed quite self-absorbed mm-hmm. and thinking oh look at me you know I'm depressed mm-hmm. you know oh god what are people going to think of me that oh gosh why can't she do this when everyone else can and then That was with my son and I had, I had tablets and I felt a lot better and then quite quickly fell pregnant with my daughter unexpectedly, um, not, not wanted, but uh, perhaps a little bit earlier than I had planned. And, um, um, and I wasn't quite, hadn't quite repaired and recovered mentally from, from him before I was pregnant with her. My doctor did warn me and said, look, this may well come back. Mm-hmm. and with her it presented differently it was a case of me lying in bed hearing them both cry and i just couldn't get up i couldn't do anything i was paralyzed and i couldn't wash myself i couldn't wash the clothes they barely were bathed um it was it was bad and my mum bless her heart <laughs> she'd come round and i would just sit at the kitchen table and she'd just busy herself and she'd clean out my fridge and she'd bring me a dinner and she would just care for me. And then when she left, I'd ring her, Okay, what do I have to do now? So she said, well, you just have to take the washing out of the machine and did it. I was like, right, OK. And for the worst period, she literally just helped me tick the boxes yeah. at that point. And then I had CBT and I was really fortunate that um, my, I was meant to have a group CBT session and only two ladies turned up, which I guess says something about the, <laughs> the illness itself. Yeah. Um, But for me and this other lady, we just had a kind of two on one CBT session with this incredible woman for about 10 weeks. And it made me just look at things a bit differently and realize in its simplicity that my my childhood had been fairly at this point. This is what I believed that my childhood had been very perfect. My mum was a very I guess quite a 1950s housewife but in the 80s and 90s and um, and I had been striving for that but I wasn't her and I was very different and I had to carve this my own way and do things my own way so Mm -hmm. I really had to look at me and think what do I want this to look like how do I want to shape this and that's what I have done ever since.
0: Gosh, that's so powerful and sort of gives me shivers, really, <laughs> that sort of, you know, because I recognize some of that 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 feeling that you went through. And similar to you, one of the things that really helped me was this idea of of discovering something that felt purposeful and meaningful for me on top of the idea of being a mother. And once I'd found something that kind of gave me a bit more meaning, a bit more purpose, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. My children gave, gave me a lot of meaning, obviously, of but something that just kind of Reminded me of that, you know, this is something that you care about, and you can do something about, and you can move forward with. That isn't just being a mum, yeah. and that was that was brilliant for me. Um, and it sounds like it was brilliant for you, just kind of getting back in touch with, like, Absolute okay, lifeline, yeah. Okay, so you retrained um, and you set up a bookkeeping business. Yeah. What happens
1: next? So I did the bookkeeping practice for a good few years. And it was fine and it grew really nicely. And I think at my at, at its most successful, probably had about 20 businesses that I worked in. And some of this was for other accountants and things like that. And I got to be known locally anyway. And you know, and it was word of mouth. My work was from word of mouth, which was lovely. But what that did for me, because actually, truth be told, I didn't really like bookkeeping. <laughs> um, and it had been something that I had fallen into because of that lifeline because it's like I need to do something what can I do I can do that so I kind of scrambled around to find that thing but actually longer term I thought this isn't my future Mm -hmm. and but what I knew that I really enjoyed when I was doing this work was more the strategy the stuff behind not just the entering the numbers it was talking to the business owner and often one particular lady she'd be like oh can we have a word and I sit with her and we'd have a coffee. And she would talk to me as a peer, you know, as a on the level business owner who's like, oh, I don't know what to do about this or money's a bit tight. We might have to, you know, and we talked a lot about the employees and how we were going to get this money in and how. And I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. It also gave me some credibility and it kind of validated my understanding of business and and how people perceived me. Um, mm-hmm. And as I've gone on on my journey, I understand how much validation, external validation is horrendously important to me mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm working on that. But um, so then that made me think about coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think with coaching, I thought, oh, I've got this whole mental health thing going on as well. And I've got this business thing going on. And I thought there's something there that I think I can help people. And I, at that point, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew I had this calling to go and help people. Mm-hmm. um and quite honestly I didn't have the patience to do a counseling course because I wanted to do this now I wanted to you know I had this sense of urgency that I wanted to do this now so I did my my coaching diploma
0: and I I think it's really part, one of the sort of um an analogies around the rebirth thing is kind of using the full analogy and when we go through the birth process we have the placenta and the placenta is kind of like you know a temporary organ that's there as a support system and it's it's vital yeah and you can't survive without it and I think that what I'm noticing across the journeys that people have been on when they're coming towards a rebirth or when a rebirth is imminent is that an important part of the support system is this idea of like the placenta and the support system that kind of propels them towards the next thing or supports them through the transition or just gives them a temporary thing that they need in order to thrive and so that I love this idea of you know that temporary support system that you need yeah to kind of get you to where you need to be um okay so we've kind of we've headed towards the rebirth we've decided that coaching is something that you can blend with your strategy skills that you have just Uh, As part of what you were doing at that point,
1: Um, what happens next? What kind of challenges did you come across on the way? Because there's always some, right? There's a lot of challenges. And I think the biggest thing was that I knew how to coach. Also, it's finding a level of support that reflects where you're at as well. And I was perhaps looking a bit high and thinking, why am I not there? And then just constantly belittling myself and berating myself, thinking, oh, why am I not earning five figures? Why am I not earning six figures? You know. And so there was a lot more, I beat myself up more than I celebrated myself at that point. And looking back on that now, it was a bit of a yucky period, actually, because I think it also coincided with the dreaded COVID. I know now, rather, when I look back on it, it was important. It was a very important time because I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of spiritual work at that time and meditation. I did a lot of just rebalancing and refocusing because things were out of out of my control things felt out of my control and I think probably we all went through a little bit of that in those couple of years yeah. um and I just had to kind of batten down the hatches and get through it um and then as we kind of came out of that um in so if I kind of took us up to like 2022 when things start to get a little bit easier, I did then start to get more comfortable with my coaching practice, but I still was very unsure of who I wanted to work with. And I was flitting between and I kind of had this thing of, well, I just want to help everybody. You know, I can help everybody. Come on, come to me. But that doesn't work in a business sense. That doesn't work because people don't know who, you, who you're calling to, you know. Um, and then my, as my husband put it, he, um, he said, Kate, it's getting a bit <laughs> a squeaky bum time, as he put uh-huh. it. Um, talking financially and I was like okay fair enough and I thought I need to go and earn some money like I need to go back and get a job but I and I didn't want to I didn't want to go back in finance I'm I was very very reluctant to go and get a job and um, but I was but one day out of the blue this perfect position came along for me working for a charity coaching and mentoring people back into work after long term unemployed and I loved it Mm -hmm. I really really loved it and I was very good at it, and mm-hmm. taking, and which then ties into that whole external validation thing. And I don't think I'd appreciated it until that point how much I I need that. I need mm. that something to go, "You're so good at this." Oh, good. And also, it was that makes me sound so egotistical, but it's just human and honest. And yeah. Um, and also because I had a client in front of me, they worked with, they were on the program for up to a year, so I would see them and speak to them very regularly, mm-hmm. really hand holding them through a process of them being at their lowest ebb, mm-hmm. and to see them flourish and grow was just incredible. You know, I got as much from that as they did, and it was it was just a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm conscious I don't want to kind of skip ahead of of what of. conversation but that kind of then takes me up to very much my present situation
0: and uh, and and we will we will uh, talk about that because I think that's (laughs) really a really great part of the story so now you've got all of this new information and you've got that feedback loop that reinforces the fact that actually you are good at this and you can do this well and people are you know getting a lot from your work
1: what does that evolve into I think this is part of being an entrepreneur as well is that you start to think I could do this better <laughs> uh-huh. because we're creative, because we're forward thinkers and we have to have that natural element in us to keep us pushing, be keep us pushing. And I could see things. that was frustrating me. Um, so it's not that I didn't like my job. I loved my job, but the, the, the way it was going around me, the manage, the leadership and everything, I was a bit like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is, right for me there were certain things values and things
0: mm-hmm. that
1: I weren't quite I wasn't quite aligned with I the thing that that made me change ultimately and do something different was that um, in um, which I already knew but in May twenty, so I took this job in in September twenty twenty uh, two. 22 but in May 22 my mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's so my parents lived next door to me we moved next door to them about five years ago when the children were little. And I was like, oh, this is great. They can look after my children while I go out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was lovely actually. Yeah, I just popped down to Sainsbury's and just pack them off next door and just have a wander around Sainsbury's on my own. Heaven. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, but yes.
1: Um, yeah, but, um, and I knew my mum was poorly. So before I went and got the job and it was fine because she was really early stages and it, it, it was okay um you know my dad was with her and she was functioning she was even still driving a very little bit not that I enjoyed the the feeling that she was driving but she would take herself off to the shops and things like that and it was fine and then um unfortunately in January of 23 so just you know the earlier part of this year my dad then got diagnosed with Parkinson's so that shifted everything because my dad's symptoms are worse with stress and my mum stresses him out (laughs) and Mm they have been married for 50 odd years so I think she's always stressed him out but this is a whole nother level yeah and it became I guess emotionally draining on me and also because I felt bad that I couldn't help more and then in all honesty I'd get home I was tired my job was Demanding because I had everyone else's emotions and stresses of their life that I would talk through with them um, and things I guess um my mum would get stuck with something and I think, gosh if I was there, I could help her with that. I could mm-hmm. take her there. and I knew that my dad was really struggling to get the shopping
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was really difficult for him and it it ate me up. I hated that I hated the thought of them struggling. And then I'd get home, and I was a bit stressed out. I had a bad day, and my mum would end up knocking on my door, talking to me about, and I'd get really irritated with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is not cool. I don't want that to be my relationship with my mum in her now, you know, declining years. I don't want it to look like that." Quite an impulsive decision, mm-hmm. but I wasn't scared because I'd done it before, and I made that decision then that I was just going to quit my job. Mm-hmm um i wasn't scared of doing that because i knew because the job had given me my self-worth back again and it had held that mirror up to me and said you are really good at what you do
0: yeah.
1: and people respond very well to you mm-hmm. um and i'm you know i used to deal with people from all demographics all backgrounds um some were very some were <laughs> Actually, very well-known TV personalities that just found themselves in a difficult situation. And there are others that couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So you I learned to, to be so flexible and 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 deal with whatever was put in front of me yeah. um, at that time, um, which I loved. And it made me realize my skill set. And so I left my job at the end of March and I made I made that decision that I wanted to be their carer Um, Mm and with full support of my husband, full support of my children and decided that I was going to make this business work and I was going to work it around them. And I hadn't figured it. It was very messy action. Mm -hmm. I hadn't figured it all out, but I knew in my gut that I had to do it. I just knew I had to do it and I, and I've not regretted it once Mm -hmm. I'm it sounds ridiculous. I'm 44 years old, but I'm more mature than I was, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess. I have a sense of um, time against me. Mm-hmm. That sounds really negative, but I, I have an understanding of time, I guess. And I'm more realistic about my parents. I adore my parents. I have a very good relationship with them, clearly, because I've I've done what I've done. But I would have always thought they were fairly mortal. you know, they weren't ever going to go anywhere. They were very fit. They were really active, very independent. My mum's very glamorous, very stylish, you know, um, fiercely independent. and and now she's not. and that's hard. It's hard to see someone change so dramatically. And you and now as a person, I'm I'm the matriarch now. You know, I'm the top of the tree now that have to make the decisions. And I take my dad shopping every Tuesday. We go to the food shop and I say, what about this? And he says, I'll be honest with you, Kate. He said, I don't really know how to put that together. Mm-hmm. You know, something simple like a chicken curry. And I and I, you know, well, let's just keep it simple. Let's get some microwave rice. Let's do. And he said, like, oh, OK, didn't know those things. So it's it's yeah. becoming a bit of a mentor to my dad as well. Mm-hmm. And being his almost his companion now because he's lost that element of my mum that he can't have a, a serious conversation and she forgets how poorly he is. Yeah. So he's still trying to care for her. So I have to care for him, not very much physically, but emotionally, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times that he'll just leave and he's like, I can't, you know, if she gets herself uh, very upset about an issue, he can't. And, that, and that's fine because it will make him worse. Mm-hmm. So I've had, to, I've had to step into being, almost being the roles reversing.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: now um and that hasn't been easy Mm -hmm. um and I have shed lots of tears about it in the beginning when I was trying to find my feet because I was trying to find that that space and maybe fighting against that 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 I now had to look after them perhaps Mm -hmm. I was still trying to keep an equal level but it actually became quite clear that that's not necessarily what they wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. They were more
1: comfortable for me to come in and be a bit of a, okay, let's do this. Come on then. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And I now lead them a mm-hmm. lot. You know, I'm saying, okay, well, what we're going to, my mum, like, I want to go somewhere. And like, I, you know, she needs to buy um, something now she's got something in her mind. That she wants to buy. So I said, okay, we're going to go on this day. and We're going to do Right. Okay. So I have to make those plans. Yeah. Um, And I have to be, a lot more organized than I've ever been.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have to be very strict with my boundaries, um, whilst also showing them endless love and support, but being strong enough to say, I can do that, but I can't do it right now, but I will yeah. do it. You know, and when my mum gets fixated on something like this thing she wants to buy, um, this item of clothing she wants to buy, and I have to say to her, we will do it, but. We're not going to do it until Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And it was so easy for me to say, oh, yes, let's go tomorrow. But no, because I want to do my business. And I so I have to wear all of the hats. I have to think of my parents, have to put that hat on. Then I have to think of my husband and I, because in five years time, our children will be much older. They'll be off to university. My, I don't know what the situation will be with my parents. And I need to also nurture that our marriage Mm -hmm. and our relationship, because actually he's also sacrificing a hell of a lot Yeah, by having me home now and not earning as much and there's a lot more pressure on him so the the ripple effect of that is massive
0: yeah
1: um and we've all I think we're all going through that transition and that 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 certainly my rebirth they're they're kind of my husband and my children are coming along with it Yes. (laughs) there's a new there's a new version of me that they're they're also having to live with because they're sharing me now yeah yes
0: yeah and 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 sharing you wider than they were before yeah because obviously that you had two children so there was an element of that and i think it's i think it's so interesting seeing that your kind of rebirth focuses actually around that initial role that your mind felt completely overwhelmed by absolutely This mother role, this maternal role that initially your mind was in overdrive with and and overwhelmed with, has actually ended up being your greatest strength.
1: Yeah, thirteen. Well, my son's thirteen. My daughter's eleven. So during that in that period, I have worked so much on myself, Mm. and I've learned to be really kind to myself and know my limitations, and and let things go that don't matter. And really understand myself a lot more, and I think that's why. Whereas before, when I had the children and I was really struggling, I was trying to be a version, I was trying to be the version that's in the books or, you know, at NCT or at the club, you know, at the singing classes. And I'm and I'm like I'm not that person. Mm. And as a sideline to all of this, I've been to the doctor and I've done this questionnaire for ADHD, and. Um, I'm now waiting on the referral for the official sign-off but but to all intents and purposes the doctor's like yeah we're pretty sure this is a thing and that has helped me as well because it's made me understand why I struggle with certain things Mm -hmm. and it's made me be able to put extra support in place for myself as well and just be a little bit like it doesn't matter if someone's run out of clean socks Mm -hmm. the world will not end Kate (laughs) yes if the dishwasher didn't get empty today it doesn't matter let it go (laughs)
0: yeah and I think you know they're very real examples of what being kind to yourself actually looks like because we Mm. kind of talk about this being kind to yourself but it's quite hard sometimes to actually quantify that what does that actually look like being kind to yourself and so I think you've given some lovely examples there just sorry
1: to interject there Mm. quickly one of your so obviously leading up to the podcast you Mm. made suggestions to me of things we might talk about Mm. and you asked about well-being and I was thinking about this and I wrote an uh, an answer to myself and I was like, oh I'm, I'm rubbish at my well-being and I think and then actually I carried on writing and I thought actually no it's because I'm not looking at it as a defy I'm not looking at it as an intentional thing it's mm-hmm. not it's not like oh on a Tuesday at 10 I go to yoga or da, 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 da. but what mm-hmm. I do ha- what I have learned to do is factor in certain things so as I said on a Tuesday and um, Tuesday and a Friday are my days with my parents and they have me wholeheartedly 100% present in that day and we do all the things that need to get done and so to help me, and I didn't necessarily realise I'd done this, but on a Monday, I'll cook something. It's so easy, so simplistic, but I'll cook something that we can then have on a Tuesday and I haven't got to cook.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, or I will, on a Wednesday morning, I won't plan anything because I think I'm going to need that space. Mm. And On a Tuesday, I my husband knows that I'll be exhausted emotionally and I just sit on the sofa and I watch something really trash on the telly. And then I go to bed and I don't ask myself of anything. I don't put work in. I don't, you know, I'm really conscious that if I'm going to do this and it's going to be for a longer, it's going to be this chapter of my life, but it's going to be a few years, hopefully, Mm -hmm. that I have to really know how this is going to work for me. Yeah. Yes. And, And that is so important,
0: this idea of like, understanding what it looks like for you rather than having a prescribed way of this is what motherhood looks like this is what good motherhood looks like this is what self-care looks like this is what you know uh, running a business looks like Mm. and underneath all of the ideals or the norms is what's good for you and we tend to aspire to the norm which isn't mm. actually the norm that's uh-huh. actually you know the that's an aspirational thing that very few people actually fully engage in or fully achieve and understanding the path within those brackets that is right for you so self-care doesn't have to be yoga once a week in fact for me that would be just another thing to fit in you know that would be stressful mm. um and uh, very similar to you, you know, I, I actually had to look at, okay, but what is what is What is it that I need? And actually, for me, I, I'm an introvert by nature. So my energy gets recharged by being alone and having solitude. So I had to factor in solitude, you know, my, my days are filled with working with other people, and I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Mm. So not understanding what it is that you need for self-care, rather than like, self-care looks like this therefore that's what I have to do now I'm exhausted and I don't understand why I've just done some self-care it doesn't work that way right, right and it's
1: interesting because um I'll talk to people and they'll say oh you know what are you do someone maybe I need, haven't caught up with lately or whatever and I'll say oh you know my mum and dad are not well and they're like no and I saw oh, you yeah. and I I fill them in in the situation and "Oh, this is but I say it's fine because we do this on certain days and da, 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 da. and they go but what are you doing for yourself Kate and I think and everyone asks me it, everyone asks me it. And I don't know if it's because they feel that they need to ask me that question because they're showing it as an, an empathetic mm-hmm. sympathetic question. But I, I honestly, for me, it's the small gaps in between. Yeah. And it is those moments that I take. And it's also sometimes giving myself the permission on a Saturday to think, I'm not going to clean the kitchen floor today I'm just not going to do it because it doesn't really matter (laughs) and I'm fat I'm just going to sit here with my daughter I'm going to watch a film so I can't give that answer when they say what you know are you looking after yourself and I think well and actually in all honesty I get a hell of a lot from my work yeah yeah because that's where I can demonstrate my true self and Mm -hmm. where I can put all of these changes that i've made in my life and all these decisions that i've made i can put them to good use that's this is why i'm doing it and my business allows me to funnel all of that into hopefully creating a really good legacy for my for future generations but also to make it matter what i'm doing and to make it count with my parents so yeah. that they know they've left like they're leaving me with something i, I think it's-, it's not just fizzling out it, they left me on a strong like I took that and I re- went with it and I rode with it and I, and I used it to my advantage. Yeah. I love that.
0: And I think what you said about, you know, work being something that actually can be self-care for you and is something that you, you need and you want and you enjoy. Mm. And, you know, I, I always sort of, um, have this thing around the the idea of what you care about and what you value you need to have opportunities to both express that and experience that okay. so often with sort of the things that we do we might experience those things but we don't have a lot of space to express them and work is often you know if you work for yourself particularly because hopefully you're doing something that's meaningful
1: work is a way of expressing what you care about yeah. and that too can fill you up and be yeah. self. And if I don't do that, it, that's when I feel deflated because mm. there's this part of me that's been locked away and shut away. And that's oh, yeah. what happened to me. That's what was happening to me when I had no clients, because I actually yeah. was like, Oh, I'm a coach now. And it's expected, like these people just arrive by bus outside my house and knock on my door <laughs> and say, coach yeah. me,
0: you know, and, um,
1: and until I had such reason and such purpose to actually making this work, it wasn't going to happen. So, definitely feel like everything's I'm a little bit I'm a little bit woo woo um and I do but I do believe that things happen for a reason and I do believe that the stars have have aligned and, and this was the journey that that I was being taken on all along yeah yeah
0: And I and I love I really like the way in which you talked about this chapter of your life because I think that that's important for people to hear is that you already know that this is a chapter. This is not the end of the story. This is not the rest of your life. This is a chapter just as becoming a mother is a chapter, you know, young, that babyhood period was really hard. It's a chapter and, and it's going to change and it's going to evolve. And that sort of saying, you know, this too will pass. You know, if you're going through any kind of challenging period, keeping in mind the fact that it is just a chapter. And it might be a chapter that's fantastic, but it will, that will also end. You know, it, brilliant things end, bad things end, it all ends and it all changes and it all evolves. And our job, I think, is, is to weave that story in a way that when you read it back, it's powerful, it's meaningful, it's evocative, it's moving, but it's a full story. It's not a fairy tale. No, yeah it has a full depth to it and of course it for us to have full depth to our story involves some hard stuff right
1: it does and I think and that's why now when I'm with my clients that's why I want to work with these women that are in this transition um and you know particularly in sandwich years but also just in transition because otherwise we're not utilizing that chapter we're not understanding the importance of it and how it's going to shape us because it does when I when you know and I'm sure all of us can look back and pinpoint those on a timeline we can pinpoint all of those things that made us who we are now and this is another one of those things so we can't expect to sit in this period of transition and expect it to be exactly as it was a year ago I mean god my life now to just a year ago is unrecognizable mm-hmm. it's so different and if I was trying to be Kate of 2021 to 2022 I would really struggle right now I would really yeah. struggle so I have to lean into it mm-hmm. and that's what I want to help people do just to lean into it and and there will be some positives although it doesn't feel like it there will be somewhere <laughs> draw yes. that out and and take it and ride with it and and go with it yeah absolutely. Kate they are
0: wonderful words for us to round off on I love (laughs) leaning into it uh, and embracing it and finding the future story because you know that at some point in the future you're going to look back and go wow you know that part of my life that was transformative Yeah. yeah yeah definitely Okay, thank you so much, Kate. It's been amazing talking to you. I know that people listening are going to be really inspired by your story. Um, We are going to link them up so that they can uh, get in touch with you, find out more about your work and what you do. Um, So We'll make sure that's available uh, beneath the podcast. So um, thank you. Anything that you would like to say to your younger
1: self from your older self that would have helped her? Um. I think to have strength and courage of the person that I thought I was and believe in that person and not try and go against it. I knew when I was 14 what I wanted to do and I fought it and I went against it. And if I hadn't, I probably would have achieved really great things a lot sooner. (laughs) Amazing. And I think a familiar story as well, actually, for a lot of
0: us. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for thank listening. You for having me. We will, thank you. And then uh, we will see you on the next podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not download the Room app? It's going to help you to understand what a rebirth is
1: and how to have all for yourself. Join in the chat rooms, download the materials and programs and get monthly coaching and monthly networking, all for the price of 6 dollars 99 a month. Download now in the App Store or Google Play Store.